You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, Goat Flippers? It is your host, Lurk. Thanks for checking out this episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast, the number one hardcore and metal podcast on all of the internet. On this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Ricky Hoover, who now fronts the deathcore band Of Sulphur, but you may remember him from his time in Suffocate. Of Sulphur just dropped their new EP, Oblivion, and you can listen to that anywhere and everywhere. Plus, you can catch them going out on tour with Carnifex, who, by the way, we will also have on the podcast coming up shortly. If you dig the content we're doing here on the Van Flip Podcast, Make sure you're following us on whatever platform or device that you are listening to us on. And if you can give us a rating or a review, that would also help us out. We greatly appreciate you taking that five seconds out of your life to do so. Visit lambgoat.com for everything hardcore and metal music related. Follow Lambgoat on social media. Give us a like on Facebook and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Lambgoat. Head over to Lambgoat's YouTube page and you can find all of these podcasts in video format plus other Lambgoat content. Make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we have new uploads. If you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. Feel free to visit the show notes in the description of this episode and you can find all of the guests' links and all of Lambgoat's and my links sitting there waiting for you right now. Without further ado, let's get into it with Ricky talking about Of Sulphur and his barbershop. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is stuff. Oh, no. Lamb Goat presents. The Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Van Flip Podcast. This week, I am joined by Ricky Hoover, who is the vocalist for the Blackened Deathcore group of Sulphur. Welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, it's a little late on my side of the country, you know, but I know you just got off work and, and some stuff, too. So I appreciate you also rescheduling because we had a little conflict a couple weeks ago so i'm gracious that you joined us tonight oh yeah man thanks for having me so a lot of people may know you from your time in uh, your previous band um but what have you been doing since then because you were only you know in that outfit for a number of years for a short number of years yeah for i was in there uh, from 2008 to 2012 um after suffocate i went to barber college nice actually yeah um i've been doing that now since and basically had kids, you know, just lived the normal life and uh, stepped as far away from music as I could before I came back, actually. Well, we'll get, we'll get a little into that later on, but let's talk about the new group. You've been releasing a couple songs here and there throughout the last couple of months. Uh, so how did Of Self come, you know, come to fruition? So um, basically, 
uh, when, when quarantine happens, um, I wasn't able to work. I had all this time on my hands and I'm a very, uh, if I'm not working, I feel like I'm like, I'm boring, I guess. You know what I mean? I, I, I get stirred crazy. So, um, I posted some stuff on uh, Instagram about wanting to jam with people, you know, just make some music for fun. And, and I was also venturing back into metal and I kept doing like, uh, you know, like to ask me or like the suggestion boxes or whatever on Instagram, mm-hmm. people yeah. would give me new bands to listen to. So I just got into like fully immersed into current deathcore and was just blown away by the progression. So um, I posted online about wanting to jam and got linked to my guitar player, Chase, through another mutual friend of ours. And then he had some musicians in mind, um, all like-minded people who would, you know, want to get together and make some music. Originally, I wanted to do like a technical death metal. And we kind of realized that that wasn't really something we <laughs> we actually we actually wanted to uh, pursue. So we decided to, you know, do some cool death core with some black metal elements and some symphonic elements and shit. Yeah, I was going to ask you if the you know the terminology of a black and deathcore group if that kind of fits the mold because it does seem a little different than just your traditional deathcore, obviously. Well, you know, it's very subjective. I mean, we're getting <laughs> we get people that are like, "There's no black black English at all," you know, like the whole music elitist nerds. Um, you know, I, I think it's more so uh, it's coming from a, a you know the perspective of the people writing the music versus you know what people want to classify as this or that mm-hmm. like we all have different influences and i i love black metal um i love symphonic black metal i love traditional black metal you know what i mean it's it's just like the lyrical content and other things like that i would say we have blackened you know elements um just like everything else we kind of like to mix a little bit of everything that's also why we have like you know kind of rough rough type singing you know like mm-hmm. people call them cleans but i don't think they're clean at all i think it's more like rough you know sounding singing basically a little bit of yeah. yell a little bit of yelling a little bit of yell like yeah like like you know scream singing or whatever yeah so what would um how would you describe like if a traditional suffocate fan came you know from your time in the band like what would be the difference between that version of the you know that that sound compared to of sulfurs um, you know, uh, like when I joined, joined Suffocate, we were kind of, the sound was kind of progressing and changing, um, to more melodic, still heavy, but more metal influence, you know, like I came in and I had more of a metal in like, I don't say influence, but I, you know, my, my voice is a little bit different than, than Jared, the original singers. So, um, I guess I would say it's still super heavy. That's our goal to be, you know, nice and heavy, but also have just other elements mixed in. So, you know, like we love orchestral arrangements and symphonic things like that. So I, I guess I would say it's just as heavy, if not some of the stuff's actually even heavier that we'll have coming out in the future. Um, but just with more layers, I guess, mm. you know, um, so yeah, um, one of the latest tracks you just released, I think, uh, has a feature of uh, Tim Lambesis from Azalea Dying. So how did how did that kind of you know come into how did that come to play? It still trips me out because like all of my friends have been writing me like, dude, I remember I remember you being you know like nineteen or whatever, just you know 
driving in your truck screaming, listening to this band, and now you're like buddies with them. And so we actually met um, at the memorial show for Mitch Lucker, that's who Sad Silence did. Mm-hmm. We were both uh, singing a track each. And we met then, and, you know, I thought he was, like, the nicest dude I've ever met in metal, basically. You know, I've met some assholes, and he was really genuine and really nice. And we lost touch or whatever after that. And then, you know, I'm assuming someone sent him my before and after photos, comparing Suffocate Days to (laughs) the Behind the Hand of God video, our our debut video. Um, And I've put on, I don't know, like 100 pounds (laughs) since those days. A little bulk And he has... A little bit, you know, I, I found the gym and I found good food instead of, you know, the dollar menu. And uh, <laughs> and um, he reached out to me and wrote me on Instagram and, um, you know, wanted to, like, get together for a workout and, you know, maybe share how our, our body transformations are pretty similar. Because he used to be a skinnier dude, too, and he just got mm-hmm. massive. So, and then just became, you know, started talking and... and I sent him a video of me actually singing Do to an Azalee Dying song, just... And he's like, that's awesome, blah, blah, blah. You know, he just got started or whatever. And I started talking about it. And I was like, dude, do you want to be on one of our tracks? And he's like, yeah, for sure. You know, hell yeah. So, and we all tripped out about it. And I still trip out about it. So it's nice. pretty cool. Um, are, do you worry about anything, like any negative backlash from that? Stimming from like, this, you know. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was waiting for that. <laughs> um, you know what, man? Like we've gotten some negatives, but like, in my opinion, you get negative stuff with everything you do. Like, I mean, like, like there's been websites that have written negative articles about me when I've fucking, when I've done anything, mm-hmm. like I sewed my ears up negative review. I became a barber negative review. Like you're always going to get negative stuff, you know? And people, if people don't want to support us because we chose to have him in a song, then you know what, man, like good riddance, you know, people, people are too hung up on things that other people do when they know nothing about them. I don't, I'm not defending anything, but I'm just saying you should probably get to know people before you make any kind of assumption or judgment on them. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody learns from their mistakes. And I mean, the guy, the guy, you know, went to prison for it. He served his time for it. He, you know, that's what he had to do and he did it. And you know what? He's come out a fucking amazing person. So I'm honored to have him on a track. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I was curious because obviously it is a, uh, you know, touchy subject in the metal scene, metalcore scene. So everyone has an opinion, just like an asshole. So, you know, everyone has an asshole. Everyone has an opinion, you know? Yeah. You're always going to have that. You know what I mean? Like you're always going to have, you know, and like I said, man, like you could be wearing the wrong colored t-shirt and someone would be like, Oh, I hate this band now or whatever. Like, I don't care. You know, I make music for fun. If people like it, then awesome. I'm doing it for me. You know, and and having someone that I looked up to as a as a beginning vocalist, I mean, I saw them in two thousand. I don't what was it? It was two thousand six. Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> so were like, for the golden years of early metalcore for sure. Yeah, or, man, it was it was them. Right? It was them. Killswitch Engage, the Black Dahlia Murder, a band called Soil Work. Mm-hmm, it was amazing, mm-hmm, amazing yeah. show. So it's like, why would I not want to have someone that I've been a fan of for? fucking 20 years, whatever, on my song. Yeah. Just because of a mistake they made. You're not the only band to have them featured either. So, I mean, it's it's uh, it's happened since then, or since, you know, whatever. Is, is your relationship with Tim, is it, uh, does it start before all of that drama in his life, or do, is it afterwards? Did you guys... Well, um, we met, we, 
we met at the Miss show. So that was in 2012. So okay. I think that's before all that stuff happened. Right, right. Just making sure. You know, and, then, and then we didn't like reconnect until, you know, after uh, Behind the Hand of God, the video came out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a big gap in time there, you know. So. Interesting. Uh, so going back to what brought you back into like, you know, Deathcore and getting kind of like influenced by that. What what kind of new sound and new bands were you listening to that kind of pushed you into the idea of like, hey, I can maybe do this again, or I want oh, to man. do this again? <laughs> Let's see, uh, Lorna Shore, holy yeah. shit! Yeah, how'd you think about uh, the new the new single they just dropped? Well, um, you know, I, I know Austin a little bit, so I, I had a little little preview mm. a little bit before they, they you know, and that dude's ridiculous. Will Will Ramos is, mm. you know, his vocals are legendary. So I'm really happy they found someone that had so much skill to replace, you know? Yeah. Um, so then obviously slaughter to prevail, you know, Alex is in my opinion, the goat, like he's unreal. I've talked to him a little bit. He's a really nice dude too. Uh, shadow of intent. I cannot get enough of that band. Um, let's see who else, who else? I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably forgetting a lot now because of it. <laughs> Put but, you on the you spot. <laughs> Yeah, you, whenever you're on the spot, you can't remember, you know. Right. Um, well, you've named then, you've named a decent bunch, a decent core of those, you know, bands that are kind of doing some stuff that are moving moving the needle a little bit. Like you said, Lauren Shore, the new the new single's pretty, you know, crazy, wild. Oh my god, yeah, dude! Like the tunnel vocals he do, he did. I mean, like, believe it. Like I learned these all these new singers doing these things is kind of what like. Back when I was in Suffocate, I, I was able to do gut, like I could do gutturals and all those cool lower voices type mm-hmm. things, and mm-hmm. I I really liked a lot of gore grind kind of bands where they did a lot of this stuff, but like I wasn't really able to do it in Suffocate. So I had my Suffocate voice, and then I had a different voice. Now listening to all these new bands being able not you know new to me anyway, these bands being able to do this in this realm of music, you know it kind of made me want to progress my vocals and learn more and more and more just to do it just for fun, right. you know? So like, um, or left to suffer. Holy, like that's amazing. Left yeah, to suffer. They're, they're, they're pretty uh, killer. My buddies in Carcosa, Carcosa are ridiculous. Johnny's amazing. Uh, you know, they all just are taking these vocals to the next step and, and, that's kind of wanting to be like, damn, dude, I, I wonder if I can make these sounds or I wonder if I can do this, you know? Right, right, right. So, yeah, it kind of just, you know, went from there and holy crap, we're getting a really, really good response. I didn't expect it, so. Yeah, how does how did you guys link up with uh, getting, you know, your team together? Because it's, did you use any kind of like, you know, your, old connections from being in like the scene. Cause when you said you stepped away for a little bit, it sounds like you stepped away for, you know, all intensive purposes and kind of like had that it's part of your brain and life kind of like closed off. But then here you are oh, a yeah. band, you know, you start a band during the quarantine and all of a sudden you got like, you know, all the eyes. It's, it's insane. Um, you know, when you're right, when I, when I left metal to begin with, I did, I put blinders up. I had a really bad experience with the band. I was with, when I left suffocate, I had a bad, a really bad experience with, you know, with that. And, you know, like it was just very, very um, toxic, you know, and I didn't, I didn't want to be involved in any of that at all, you know? And plus when I was in suffocate the last year and a half, I was suicidal, mm-hmm. heavily suicidal. That's what the whole the last couple of years, actually, the last record I wrote with them was all about 
me killing myself basically all the songs are about me wanting to kill myself was it because so, of the stuff in the band or was it the stuff outside of the band in life everything in general i mean when i got into suffocate i was just pissed at the world and and wanted to kill the world basically mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's what that first record's about and then when i wrote the second record with them it was all just about me wanting to die because i just wasn't happy you know you have your dream you're touring whatever and it's not the life you think it is and i was very unhappy about it and uh you know like i i i didn't want to be in that toxic environment at all anymore so i stopped talking to literally everybody i cut ev- any kind of connection any other band members for other bands anybody i just i cut it all out was it was, like, a, was was it like it. an overnight type thing or did did it kind of yeah. stuff lead up to it and then you just kind of let it, let everybody know um so i got into it with the drummer of that band um him and i never got along and and we never saw eye to eye and whatnot we got into it pretty bad some stuff was told to the band that wasn't true stuff to the label that wasn't true and blah blah blah, blah. and basically him and i got into a screaming match on the phone to where I, you know i i wanted to, i wanted to get violent basically it was bad you know it was real bad mm-hmm. so uh just like that i said i hung up on or we hung up and and I talked to the other, I talked to the guitar player and I was like, look, man, you guys all have your side gigs, you know, like, you know, you cook, he does this, he does this, he sells drugs, he does all this other shit, right? <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, I don't have anything. All I did was the band. Right, right. I, you know, like I would do interviews and I would, that's all I would do. I didn't have a side thing to, to make any kind of income other than like manual labor when I could get it, you know, mm-hmm. I did property management or, or construction. So I said, I need to go and get something else. I said, I'm going to go to barber college. I, I, at the time was hanging around at a barber shop a lot that I was, uh, I was, I was friends with the people there at the time. And they were like, dude, you have a really good eye for haircuts and for hair and shape and all the things that go into good proper haircuts. You should go to barber college. I think you'll be a great barber as what one of my buddies told me that worked there. So I looked into it. I got the financial aid for it since I was broke, obviously being in a, a band, you know, you don't make money. Really right. No, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, um, I started school. I told my guitar player, I said, look, man, I'm going to go to school. I said, you guys wanted to take a break from touring anyway. I didn't at the time, but that's what kind of propelled it to the end. I wanted to keep going hard, hard and, and whatnot. And right. they all wanted to take a break. So I said, uh, during this break, I'm going to go to Barber college. I said, I need a, I need, I need, I need to break away for a little bit. And he was like, okay, that's cool. And he's like, how long do you think it takes? And I was like, like six months. I had no idea it takes a year. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's 1,500 hours in California mm. of schooling. Um, and then, yeah, and then uh, I think a month into it, I sent everybody a, a text message. <laughs> I sent everybody, it's kind of a shitty thing, I guess, but uh, look, like looking back, but I sent everybody a, a text message. My drummer was stoked, obviously, you know, he wanted me out of the band. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they, they tried to go after me and multiple singers left because of the drummer. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But my other band members claim they never got the text message. So I felt like an asshole when I found that out. We've all reconnected. Everybody that I thought I might have had some kind of problems with in the band when we would butt heads. Mm-hmm. We're all on great terms now. Like Bray, the bass player, um, he, he, he was in it. And then we got a different bass player after he left. Bray and I never got along, but I called him and you know, put on my big boy pants and, and apologized for everything and wanted to be on good terms. I apologized to Taylor. I apologized to everybody because I was kind of an asshole back then, you know, yeah. and, uh, and everybody, we're all on good terms except for me and the drummer. And I don't think that'll ever happen. So I'm not really, well, you, you know, about it. 
you got most of them. So one one stagger, you know, one stagger you can you can let you can let slide. Well, that was my yeah. next question. You know, if you kind of like reconnected with any of the old guys, and if the you know bury the hatchets, or if it's you know easy sailing with you guys now. So it's good to know that you know you kind of yeah. patch things up with the old gang. You know, um, time time has a way of uh, you know helping you to really see things for what they are and look mm-hmm. back and get some perspective and be like, yo man, I was an asshole or I shouldn't have always been so quick to want to get violent or right, right, you know, right. that was my biggest problem. I always wanted to get violent with everybody. Yeah. You can't do that in a band. No, yeah, you, you can't, can't do that with anybody. Especially know? because you spend so much time with those people, especially on the road and stuff like that. Tempers can flare really quick, but it also yeah. sounds like, you know, you kind of did a lot of like, you know, mental health work along the, along the time too. So, yeah, I went to therapy. I went to some, I went to therapy, a lot of therapy. Like, you know, like I said, I used to, you know, I would daydream about walking into traffic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I was bad. I was, it was a really dark time. Um, and the lyrics in that album are very, <laughs> very, uh, you know, if you read those lyrics, it shows that, but, um, but yeah, I, I did a lot of self-reflection and, and a lot of that kind of shit. So, uh, I like to think I matured a little bit, you know, and, and, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a overly aggressive or, or quick to violent person anymore, you know? So, so well, yeah. it sounds like you've, uh, you know, as you become a bigger man and apologized and done this, that, or that. So, you know, that shows growth in itself right there. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I just, you know, I can, I'm the first to admit that I, I was, I, you know, I used to try to fight everybody who's fucking stupid. So, <laughs> that's you know, part of this I get part a bad review and I fucking, where do you live? Blah, blah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. stupid shit. <laughs> I was young. I was stupid, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, so let's, let's talk about leaving music again and going into a hair oh. school. So like, uh, you were hanging around the barbershop and whatnot and you just decided to give it a whirl. And so mm-hmm. how was, how was school for you, for you? Was it something that you enjoyed or did you find like it was tough because, you know, most people that, uh, you know, go to these, uh, I don't want to say like technical schools, but sometimes don't, you know, yeah, technical school. Sometimes they just can't, you know, can't even get through that. Well, um, what I found with Barber College is a lot of the people who went to Barber College at that time, like I've been doing it for almost a decade now. So, you know, I've had some time in it. Um, I don't know how it is that the game, the Barber game has changed immensely since I've started even, you know. Um, but a lot of people at that school uh, were there for years, like years. They didn't have anything else, which, you know, whatever that happens. Like, But for me, I kind of just clicked right into place. And that's kind of – I'm not one to half-ass stuff. If I do something, I do it fully. I mean, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just immerse myself fully in it. And barbering for me was just something that I could – I don't want to say – that I, I, I picked up fairly easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I understood the the fundamentals of head shape and, and hair density and things like that, that are really important to proper haircuts that a lot of people don't pay attention to when they do haircuts. So I kind of just clicked in with it. Um, the people in the, in the school is a little weird. You know, <laughs> I was still in that, that time of my life where I was, you know, very violent and aggressive. So I had a few things, you know what I mean? But a few little issues with some people. Few issues with some people, like, you know, uh, 
So, but uh, other than that, man, like I just stay, you know, I just kind of kept my head in, in the barber book and, and finished. And, you know, I didn't end up working at that shop that I was supposed to end up working at. Um, some, some stuff happened and I ended up working at a high-end salon rather than the mm. barber shop, which was amazing. I, I, I'm so glad I did that because I was able to kind of, like everybody cuts hair differently. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not any one specific standard way. And the way I like to cut hair is a lot, is a lot of, there's not a lot of room for error the way I cut hair. So like if I met, do anything up, I could mess the layer cut up. Right. Mm-hmm. But so um, I was really able to hone my, 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 my craft at that shop. And then after working there or at that, that salon, and then after working there for a few years, I opened up my own mm. um, personal like little suite. And, uh, and yeah, man, I just kind of thankfully flourished and, and, you know, then I had a kid and ended up having to move to Vegas cause that's where his mother's from and she moves back. And now I have a shop out here and okay, it's cool. been crazy successful. It's, it's ridiculous. So you, uh, how many, how many guys do you have working in your little shop there? Is it? Well, no. So that's, that's the beauty of it. It's just me. Um, okay which is very beneficial during COVID times because people don't want to be around a lot of other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of helped me a lot, actually. Um, is it one of those shops where you can uh, not only get a haircut, but like a beard trim and some kind of like, uh, yeah. uh, what, uh, I, I watch a lot of videos on uh, Instagram now, a bunch of like, you know, barber hair videos. On oh, yeah. oh yeah. Cause I get like, uh, you know, lost in watching the, the guys with the straight razors and stuff. I mean, I go to those kind of barbers. I haven't been in, uh, you know, a little bit. I need to oh. go. But uh, uh, I come to Vegas, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe next time. But um, mm-hmm. do you, do you do like uh, the facial kind of stuff and the other kind of? Like, um, uh, I don't neck do. I don't do the, thing? I don't do the facial things. I do straight razor shaves and that kind of stuff, and you know, some like cleansers or like that kind of stuff during a shave. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily do a lot of the other fancy stuff with like the hot steamer and all that stuff. I I'm a little bit more traditional than the old school aspect of it, you know? Yeah. So a lot of that stuff's kind of like within the last few years are, is really popping off, you know? Yeah. So I, I kind of, I kind of prefer the old school, I guess. I get you. I <laughs> guess I need to go to India or something like that and go see one of those guys that'll crack my neck in 40 different places. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, oh man, Turkish everything. barbers, bro. Turkish yeah, barbers. Those are guys. Best. Yeah. I need to go. I need to, yeah, I watch a lot of those guys on the, Instagram, they just, I don't know why, they just keep feeding me that junk, and so I get lost watching so, it, you know? You see where they put the fire on the ears to get rid of the ear hair? Yeah, yeah. That stuff's crazy. I wouldn't even try that. I've done it. I've that tried sucks. it myself. It was a little, you have to be quick with it, you know what I mean? Did you really? Yeah, I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, yes. you know, it gets it gets bad sometimes, and you're like, oh, my God, you know? And it's just a I quick little that one. Nose hair. Yeah, that might be a little dangerous because you have to breathe it in and everything like that. Have you done yeah, that? True. Do you uh, do you offer that service at, at the shop where you get the wax in the nostrils and you know that's the new? No, service. no. I, I so the first shop I worked at when I got here, they did that, and then uh, when I left and opened my own shop, I was like, I don't really want to buy the wax pot because you have to buy like a, a little pot for the wax mm-hmm. to heat up in. Got to buy all these other things. I was like, ah, I'm just gonna do strips. I'm just gonna do haircuts, beards, and shaves. Simple, easy. You know what I mean. So yeah, no, I don't do that stuff. <laughs> nope. I've had it done. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, you have yeah. all your uh, your nose hairs ripped out at once. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It uh, it didn't hurt. I thought it was gonna hurt. But it didn't. <laughs> so, 
So speaking of doing things all the way, uh, let's talk about tattoos because you you know you referenced you being all tattooed, and you know we're talk- we're on video, so may as well address it. But like, how long did it, how how much of you is covered in tattoos at this point? Shit, I don't know. Let's see what I have. Because quite a bit of you on at least in frame is covered. I didn't know if you had like oh yeah, I, I, covered. You know, I have little strips down my ribs that aren't covered, mm-hmm. and then the back of my thighs aren't covered. The rest is. Well, so like my, my knees, my shins, the front of my thighs, my ass, my back, my neck, my head. Yeah. So how long did it take to amass? Oh shit, man. I've been getting tattooed since I was in my early twenties. I'm 36 now. Yeah. <laughs> so at least a little, a little more than a decade. A little bit. Cause I kind of stopped for a while, you know? Um, I have to, I have to ask what made the jump for the, what, what made you decide to jump to the facial tattoos? Oh man, I ran out of room. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I had, before I got my, my kids' names are on my face. Mm-hmm. Before I got those, I had, I had sideburn tattoos. You can't see them after the beard, straight razor. And then a key um, on this side and like a, a little Fred Perry symbol. Cause I really like those shirts. <laughs> um, and I liked the way it looked, you know? Uh, but um, I kind of was just like, you know, I mean, I'm already, I already have my hands and my neck, you know, and, and this much of my body, I like the way it looks, so why why not? You know? Right. I'm obviously like I'm able to look how I want because of my career. I'm successful. It's not going to hurt my career, so why not? You know. I never thought I would get it on both sides, though. I'll <laughs> tell you that much. I, I didn't plan on having two kids, and and thankfully I did. You know. So. Got the symmetry in in, in action. You know, what I mean, you can't have just one because it would look a little off. That was the thing. Yeah, back when I used to have piercings, I would have. I couldn't just have one. I had to have both. It was weird, you know. I had both sides of my nose, or I'd have my septum, uh, or I'm sorry, both sides of my nose a couple times. I had my my cheeks, um, snake bites. I had dermals under both eye, both of my eyes. Both my ears were stretched. Tops of my ears were stretched. A lot of a lot of symmetry. <laughs> mm. yeah. uh, what kind of what, so your your shop? What kind of uh, feel is it at the uh, at the Las Vegas shop? There is it kind of like an old school scene kind of shop with the uh, traditional like haircuts? You know, like the uh, more traditional older style kind of um i mean those are the i like those are the kind of haircuts i do classic more so classic fades and haircuts like that i do new stuff too texturized cuts but uh it's just it's kind of a creepy vibe the name of the shop's called requiem um you know like uh which means like remembrance of the dead that's mm-hmm. like the name of the that's what they translate to i guess you could say i want to get like shirts made with like zombies with like really nice haircuts and have it like say requiem on it i think that'd be cool that's the whole vibe real spooky um, I have like, it's all black inside, you know, nice old school, cool looking chair, and some really cool, dark occult, like art and that kind of shit too. So it's kind of like, uh, you step into this shop and you feel like very, like, I don't know, witchy. Yeah. Like a, you put, some, seen. put some thought into the aesthetic. Yeah. You know, I've never seen a barber shop that was like that. So I kind of thought it was cool. Plus it's me, you know, I'm into all that shit. So yeah. do you, uh, yeah. do you, do you play your own band in there? Oh, uh, actually, yeah. A lot of my, it's really crazy. Cause a lot of my clients, it's, it's, it sounds stupid to say, but <laughs> we're not stupid, but you know, a lot of my clients, uh, are fans. That's cool. It's fucking awesome. Like they, 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 they would all come see me whenever I play Vegas. And I mean, I, some of them tell me they're like 12 years old and I'm like, that makes me feel old as shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I have, obviously I have other clients who, who aren't fan, fans, but, uh, but a lot of them, 
were and the ones that that never heard me before always want to ask like they want to hear what my music sounds like so i'll show them on youtube on the mm-hmm. tv and mm-hmm. everything like that so i mean sometimes more so i'll play whatever the client asks or wants to listen to more so you know what i mean okay i kind of like to tailor it to each client yeah yeah something tells me it's a heavier vibe in general though with the aesthetic um and- you'd be surprised man i listen to like bonavir or isley or hmm. Paramore. I, I listen, my music taste is very vast. I like everything, man. So like how do Bruno you, uh, so how, how do you get into writing heavier stuff? Like how do you become in heavier projects um, if you're all over? Well, you know, like control. I have like my mainstay bands in every genre, you know what I mean? So like I have my specific heavy bands. I like to other ones, but if I usually, so what, what we'll do, and this is what Suffocate did back in the day too, is they would write the songs and I'd listen to the songs until it kind of evoked some kind of emotion in me. Mm-hmm. And then I would just go from there and it kind of would just go. With this band being the name is what it is, the vibe is what it is, I had a, a general theme in in mind for every song I want to write. You know, it's a very, very uh, anti-religion kind of message, you know, so... I mean, the name itself means like original voice of hell, original voice mm-hmm. of soldier, you know what I mean? So I wanted all the lyrical content to go with that. And so. where does that, uh, where, where does that kind of, you know, uh, stem from? That- oh, I've always, I've, even, I mean, in Suffocate, I had a bunch of songs that were very anti-religion. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of been like, I used, I went to church as a kid. I've studied theology. I read the Bible. I've, I've studied uh, various other religions, all that stuff. I, I like to learn about them, so I know why I don't believe them. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm not ignorant to it. Yeah, I got you. you know, people, people like quote Bible verses, and I'll be like, "Oh well," and I'll you know, and be like, "Oh, I never thought about that." Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it is what it is when it comes to that. Uh, you know, religion yeah. or, or no religion. Um, speaking of, uh, you you brought up like uh, your diet earlier. What? What made you kind of clean up your diet and kind of like start hitting the gym? What oh, I mean, shit. On tour, you can't really eat very well unless, you know, like back in the day, you couldn't anyway. They didn't really do meal preps and stuff mm-hmm. like now. Like mm-hmm. all these bands are all physique, you know, like, oh, <laughs> dudes are like in great shape and they have they, they have meal prep sponsors and shit like that. You know, they didn't do that back in the day. So, you know, I, I've always, even back in Suffocate, I hated the way my body looked. I, I've always hated being a skinnier, lanky looking guy, you know. I always like thought I didn't have like a man's body, as stupid as that sounds, you know, mm-hmm. body dysmorphia, right? Right, right, right. I still have it. I still have it to this day. I just hated what I saw in the mirror and decided to do something about it and just decided to eat everything in my way. Everything I, I, I just ate and ate and ate and ate and went and lifted heavy shit. And over, you know, over the last, you know, almost 10 years, I put on a hundred pounds, yeah. give or take. So, you know, some of it has been a gut. Some of it has been other things. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, uh, you're, then got off. You're, you're lifting obviously. Cause you, you know, you got a lifting shirt on and everything like that. So you're, you're putting, putting the weights up, putting them down, you know, <laughs> yep. Lifting heavy shit up, putting it down. <laughs> So what's uh, what's in the future for uh, of Sulfur? I know you guys are you know working towards a full length release, correct? And and what's, uh, what's so up? we 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 just announced our EP, which is gonna come out on the uh, the sixth of August. Okay, yeah, sixth of August. So this will come out a little. Let's, let's, what? It's a whole month earlier. I'm I'm sorry. 
Uh, no. Oh my god. <laughs> it's on our Instagram, I forget right now. Jeez. <laughs> so much stuff going on. We've been doing a lot of stuff, so it's all kind of yeah, You got a lot of news out. going, a lot of news things going on this week. We're going to be putting out the EP. Um, you know, we just released the song with Tim. Um, we have our first debut show coming up. Eighth, September 6th. So the EP is dropping September 6th. 8th. August. August 6th. Sorry. Jesus Christ. August 6th. We've got Sorry, it clarified. No. The EP is dropping. <laughs> That's my guitar player. Yeah. The EP is dropping August 6th, which is also our first show ever my first show in 10 years almost 10 years wow um and that's that's in las vegas at uh uh triple b's or backstage bar and billiards is what it's called um so that's the first one then we just announced two uh arizona dates for the two days after um i forget the venues that those are at those are also on instagram and then we're just you know seeing what the year holds probably do do a little bit of touring you know maybe and then I guess get to work on writing some more stuff. Yeah, my, my that was my next question. How is touring looking like going forward? Because I know you are a business entrepreneur, and you you know you you have your own uh, your barbershop. So I didn't know how that was going to be uh, going forward. If you could take off from that long, or you know, depending on if it's just a couple weeks I, here, I, you know, I have a specific amount of time that I I can take off uh, to where I'm still profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, being that I am the only one in there, I don't have anybody to cover for me. Whereas if I owned a shop that had more people, I'd still be generating income. But, you know, I have, I have, I have a lot of savings, um, which recently I've, I've done and, uh, or I've put away just for stuff like this. So I can take off for a couple weeks or whatever to go do this. And my wife, uh, will very soon be starting her career, which in turn, she'll be making more than me. So We'll be able to work it out, you know. Yeah. No long, hardcore touring like I did back in the day, though. I can't do that. I don't want to be away from my family. Yeah, I was going to ask, how's it going to be adjusting to that? Because obviously when you were touring, touring pre- previously, you didn't have a family. So have you kind of like thought of like how that might affect you out on the road? Oh, yeah. Um, like, you know, um, I don't I don't understand how parents like my kids are my everything my world right I don't understand how people can be away from their kids for that long like I feel like I'd be a wreck you know um a week or two here there is is different you know obviously than being gone for like months at a time I can't do that like I used to be gone for shit I I would be home a couple months a year maybe something like that you know it was just extensive touring so you know thankfully I have I've somehow got lucky with the woman I married who's just over the top supportive of everything I want to do. And she's even been like, if you want, you can go tour for that. Well, that's fine. That's whatever. And I, you know, obviously I don't want to because I'll miss my wife. Um, so we have, we have it set up to a specific amount of time that I can do it and a time that I can, you know, go play for people. It's obvious, you know, to my surprise that people, people seem to care about the music we're making and, and seem to care that I'm, I'm doing music again. So I want to be able to play for them and, and stuff. You know, I remember going and seeing my favorite bands and how cool it was and how much it meant to me. And I want to see some of my new favorite bands and shit. So, or play with them or tour with them. Yeah. So, what are some of the, what, what are some dream scenarios that you would like to, you know, get in the near future? What, what bands would you like to tour with? Oh, man, the bands I mentioned earlier, you know, would be amazing. And such. Uh, you know, doing some shows with Lorna Shore or, or Signs of the Swarm would be sick. I love Signs of the Swarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Left to Suffer would be sick. Angel Maker would be sick. Carcosa. All of those, man. It would be awesome to tour with those bands. Dream Tour, though, which probably, you know, 
I won't hold my breath, but it would be amazing to play like big festivals or stuff with Demu because Demu is like one of my favorite bands mm-hmm. or like Mayhem or, or, or you know, any yeah, of these cool. like, you know, Burzum, but that probably won't ever happen. So. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of the black metal uh, classics. Yeah. I like black metal, I yep. like, you know, so, but you know, just stuff like that or, or pretty much, I, I guess, you know, I'm down to tour with pretty much anyone just to have fun. Like, this whole thing is to have fun. I, you know, unfortunately the, the last bit of time I spent in the other band, it just wasn't enjoyable or fun anymore. And, you know, the biggest thing with me and my, my, my dudes in this band is, is enjoying it and having fun with it. Obviously now we're taking it more serious because of the uh, response, which is, like I said, it's completely, I never thought it would happen. Yeah. Um, so we're taking it a little bit more seriously, obviously, but, I want to make sure it's still enjoyable because if I'm not having fun doing it, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Who's you the, know? is the, is the EB coming out through anybody? Uh, just it's on, I mean, you know, just distro or blood right. blast distribution, but it's all independent, you know, besides that. I was going to ask if you had any other kind of um, interest with any kind of label or if you've been kind of like working that uh, angle. We no, we haven't been, I mean, you know, like I, I don't necessarily want to go, you know, there's, I, there's like one label I would work with if, if it was, if everything linked up and everything was good. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that though, I'm not really into it. You know, my experience with labels hasn't been, you know, or what I've, you know, know from other bands and everything like that. You know, you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. Cause you know, everybody seems to be a shark out there, you know, they want to take advantage and, yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm 36 years old, man. I'm not trying to have that happen to me. I feel you. And, are you going to do any kind of physical copies and physical media with your releases in uh, oh, yeah. October? Oh yeah, I'm in October. We have August. Some, Sorry, and uh, yeah, I see. I, I, you got me we, all fucked up too. Do it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, so we have a bunch of things up right now um, on the merch store and on our. Uh, you know, it's all on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that, and with like pre-order for the EP and different merch bundles and, and dad hats and some new shirts that we just came out with and, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely, hopefully one day we'll be doing some vinyls. I've always wanted to do vinyl. Yeah. And I know it's huge right now. People love vinyl. Yeah, I know it's big. Yeah, physical media in general is kind of popping up. Tapes, CDs, vinyl. Yeah, man. So. Well, uh, Ricky, I don't want to keep you from band practice for too long. I know you got a long night ahead of you <laughs> yourself. So uh, I'll oh, kind of cut us, cut us free here. But I appreciate you get, taking the time and uh, you know chatting with me this evening, man. Oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And once again, go ahead and sh- uh, what, what's the EP coming out? And it was it's gonna be out August eighth. Oh no, August sixth. August sixth is when the EP Oblivion comes out. Um, you know, we got we got some good jams on there, and uh, you can go up and pre order it right now. It's on uh, Indie Merch, and uh, all the links for that are on our uh, Instagram, just of Sulfur on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, or you can. Check it all out through my page. Uh, just Instagram, you know, I am Ricky Hoover. Pretty simple, straightforward. And uh, really looking forward to uh, going out there and playing for everybody and then seeing everybody and stuff. Yeah. Well, if you need any of those links, they'll be in the show description notes of the podcast. So make sure you check that out. And if you need a haircut and you're in the Las Vegas area, go by and see old Ricky Hoover. And he got you. Requiem. Yeah, Requiem. Requiem He'll get you all <laughs> faded up and looking spiffy. Well, Ricky. Get to get to band practice, and um, hopefully we'll see you live soon, man. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Have a good one. You as well, man. Thanks.
Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe for Grind podcast. <laughs>